0: You're listening to Up Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.
1: Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Up Your Brave show here on Reality Check Radio. Next, I'm talking to Jesse Wild, a longtime friend of mine who is also a music producer, owner of a TV and recording studio, a live performing musician. And in fact, the title of today's talk, he is the most booked, unjabbed, live performing musician through the lockdown welcome to the show jesse how you doing natalie so so good i'm excited to dive into this i haven't i haven't interviewed a musician on my show before um so if, for those of you that don't know jesse born to an east auckland family jesse Wild started playing the guitar at age 11 after watching a tv rerun of the elvis 68 comeback special jesse played in a couple of garage bands as a kid before working in the construction industry for a brief stint at 19, he quit his job to gig and record with his first serious successful band, Acoustic Attitude, before going on to record his first solo project when the band ended after three years. Jesse then embarked on a music inspired pilgrimage of the United States where he met his three music heroes, John Mellencamp, Bob Seeger, and Steve Earle. Upon his return to New Zealand, Jesse started recording his second solo project with a new band while also studying for a New Zealand certificate in contemporary music performance art at the same time he got signed to what turned out to be a frustrating record label deal compelling him to build his own recording studio jesse now works from his second recording studio a 1955 ex clothing factory and former derelict inner city meth lab <laughs> that he and his partner kath have transformed into the world-class wild recording studio studio 38 in the heart of auckland city Jesse's current band, the Jesse Wild Band, is an Americana rock trio he formed with Earl Robertson on drums and Ben Sich on lead guitar. Jesse has recorded over 10 albums in his career so far, and he regularly performs gigs around New Zealand. Ooh, what an amazing journey that that has been for you. Okay. I'm excited that definitely, you guys, we will play one of Jesse's songs after this interview. Um... So, Jesse, and speaking of journeys, you are, as this title is called, the most unbooked, sorry, the most booked, unjabbed, live-performing musician through the lockdown. Tell me a bit about that.
0: Okay. Well, I got that from my booking agent. I actually have three booking agents, and um, I'm not going to name their names, but during uh, lockdown, when when it all first started happening um we got locked down and all but it, just when that whole vaccine pass thing came out one of my booking agents said to me you'll never work again um the other one was kind of um he just he just checked out and he wasn't booking anything for anyone and my main booking agent said um you know i had a an exemption from my doctor dr francis betzillas if i can mention that name and she wrote it prior to the law change. And then I got a lawyer's letter from Frontline Law, which is the same company that got the um mandate or uh, dropped for the police force and the defense force. And um, which basically proved that my exemption was written prior to the illegal law change. I don't know if I can say that, but
1: yeah, that's what they all
0: said, yeah, it wasn't really a law change anyway, but uh, they just pretended I as far as I looked at it. And then my booking agent, he actually said to me after after the two lockdowns, he said, um, you know, because we went through all the there's all the different stages. And he said to me, you know, you're the most booked musician that I've got on my books. And he's one of the biggest booking agents for the local sort of pub circuit in New Zealand. And um, and he said, and you're also unjabbed, which he, he was quite proud of. I mean he didn't want to get jabbed himself, but he did, like a lot of people. And um I kept it away from From Well, my wife, we were in agreement on it, and my 18-year-old daughter, which is the hardest thing I've ever had to do, keeping her away from it and also giving her freedom of choice as well.
1: Let's talk about your daughter because, well, number one, my people might have heard me say this before, but any teenager that remained unjabbed through all that coercion and bullying and propaganda is an absolute, sometimes I throw in a swear word, legend. Okay, so I just want to put that out there. And uh, but she is a legend in, in another sense. I know that um, it's a bit of a celebration. You've recently sent her off or she's gone off uh, spreading her wings in America. And she's been performing, uh, you know, and doing her thing as a singer songwriter as well. Tell us about that.
0: Well, on about she's been writing songs for a very long time. Um, she's been playing guitar since and piano since like the age of about four. Um, I gave her her first guitar, I bought it from Nashville, I was on a tour over there, and I think she's about two or three years old, and she's tiny with this little thing, but um, really she sort of kept it under wraps, she was writing these songs in her bedroom, and she wasn't sort of playing them to me or anything, and she actually, I don't know if we can mention this, but she actually did, she did a couple of Landmark courses, I don't know if you've heard of Landmark.
1: Yeah, I've done it back in the day, Landmark Forum, yeah
0: well she did the landmark forum she did the advanced course and then she did the self-expression and leadership and she actually went on to do the introduction to leaders program and that just transformed her i mean she's already an amazing little girl and um but she came out of self-expression and leadership and then she started playing me all these songs she's written and i mean how many of these you written she's hundreds literally hundreds of them and um so She started performing. She formed herself a band, um, a band called Goodnight Faith. They actually named it. Her her birth name was Alicia Faith Wild, but um, she goes under the name of Faith Wild. She loses her middle name.
1: It's very catchy.
0: Yeah, it is. And then um, I wanted to give her a catchphrase. That's why I gave her Faith as a middle name, because if I had a son, which I never did, I would have called his middle name would have been Danger. And I would have been able to say, son, this is going to be dangerous. And he'd say, Danger's my middle name. (laughs) danger wild so i say to alicia have a little faith alicia and she says daddy faith's my middle name that's her catchphrase (laughs) everyone should have a catchphrase but anyway she came out with these incredible songs and um i started recording them um this is probably about a year or so ago we got 11 down we've released two now because she got a little um sort of throat infection before she left so we couldn't finish the last vocal so we're going to do those in america but she goes she got a one-year visa which is a smart way i've spent several years in america um sort of working um well you know it was hard on a tourist visa and things like that you know so she i I, she got the right way i told her to go to university enroll in university get the one-year visa so she's taking the university gap so she gets um she's got we've got one song released on spotify at, at the time called midland and it's under faith wild with an e okay and um she goes but more than, she does a lot of stuff on tiktok and um there's this guy named noah khan who's pretty famous over in america and he wrote a song called dial drunk which is actually a really good song about and and this this thing going around where people do this female perspective on on the song so she wrote a verse To which responding to his basically the premise of the song is uh you know he he was basically a bad boyfriend he was drunk all the time he ends up smashing up a car and the cops he was the emergency the emergency phone call was the ex-girlfriend and she wouldn't pick up and even the cops thought it was wrong that she wouldn't pick up and so she does the response to it basically and it's really really well written it goes viral on tiktok he responds to it this (laughs) mega star and it's had over three million plays now so then she goes uh, she she's in uh, Branson Missouri because she's got a job there for 6 months working at the Big Cedar Lodge which is a pretty amazing sort of it's like Camp America for rich kids but it's also that the parents go there and she looks after the kids and takes them doing archery and takes them oh, on the way. So, which is great because i taught her how to fire guns how to shoot how to do sword fighting how to do um, I, i've done fencing archery and i and I'll, i do pistol shooting and rifle shooting all the good things. And she's done mixed martial arts, which I think so she's
1: is well good. equipped. Yeah.
0: And um, so she she goes over there and she, there's a festival coming up in Iowa, Iowa, which is like a six hour drive from Branson. She sees Noah Khan's going to be playing. She she goes to the festival. She's got a couple of friends. She stops by a Walmart, buys a piece of cardboard, and writes, I'm Faith Wild. You duetted my TikTok. Can I sing the song with you? This is as big. Hit I
1: idea. did not know this backstory. Oh my
0: gosh! She holds it up in the audience. But was that there's girls recognize her from the TikTok in the audience. They put her on her shoulders. He, she's holding the sign, and and no, I've got the whole the the whole thing was filmed. And um, he stops the concert basically and see "There's a girl in the audience that wants to sing um, the second verse to the song. She wrote it, and I think it, and and, and it, would that be cool? And the crowd goes crazy. They they pull her up on the stage. It's like a star is Bond moment." <laughs> and um twenty-five thousand people. And she nails it and he just lets her go loose. Like um she just, she takes the whole second verse herself. Um and then at right at the end of it, she go he goes, the exact words, it's a, it was on the um so the project did a big thing. Did you see it on the project?
1: No, I didn't, but I'm gonna go and watch the, I'm gonna go watch it on the I'll TikTok and the, the project it's later. later.
0: It's like the head it's the headline story on the project it was a couple of weeks ago on Monday night at seven o'clock. And at the end of the song, uh, Noah Khan goes, "I think her verse might be better than mine." And he goes, "And that's a little bit hard on my ego." And the, <laughs> you know, all credit to him, all credit to her. She she goes up there and she nails it. And now the hinterland music festival organisers are talking to her, maybe about getting a getting on the bill next year. And uh, she's she's had a photo shoot and she's having a few things over there. People trying to find her a manager.
1: Uh, amazing yes. yeah. mm-hmm. so many little you know so many little i guess messages or lessons in that you know one is you know follow your heart like do what you love right like she loves it she's been doing her whole life take a chance you know like so she took a chance like she was in you know the kiwi ingenuity yeah with the cardboard writing a sign and then she, in, in the moment you know she per- she nailed it like she didn't mess up the words or freeze or anything like that
0: he also starts with uh by the way i'm from new zealand which when um, So I, I sent this out to all the media people like because I had the video and everything. It was pretty – and um, the first person to bite, within two minutes of me sending the email, Jesse Mulligan actually rang me up because we know each other. I've been on a show several times performing. I actually really like Jesse Mulligan. Not a massive fan of all mainstream media, but Jesse's a real supporter of New Zealand musicians.
1: So well, here- maybe he'll stand up more for Kiwi's rights uh, if anything else comes down the pipeline. Hashtag just saying.
0: Yeah. And um so he rings me up straight away we do a live to air interview on Radio New Zealand um about this just me and me and him and then um he plays one of her songs which is the release one called Midland and he loves it. And then I noticed that I then about probably a day later I get an email from Matthew Warner of Warner Brothers. I don't know if that's a coincidence I think it must be. And Warner Brothers own TV3 I didn't know that. Um, uh, and they want her on the project and, and it's the, but I'd send it to all the TV stations. And, and so the New Zealand Herald did an article on her as well. Big article. Um, and it's, it's a six minute segment and it's really respectful that they do on the project. They like, literally it's a star is born moment. Um, like all right. Say-
1: we don't usually do shadows for MSM, yeah. but. In this instance, I'm excited to go and watch that. That yeah. sounds totally amazing. Like just, I'm, you know, because here's the other thing, the other message in this is you're obviously so proud of her. And especially over the last three years, so many of us have been so worried for our kids, you oh, know, yeah. standing up for our kids' rights or for our kids' future, yeah. um, which you did so well in your own way. I've got a question. How did you manage, like you're now you're telling me you are the most booked unjabbed live performer, but in the moment back then, two years ago or whenever, how did you manage to do it? Like, is it because of your exemption you were able to do it to still do the gigs tenacity really not get kicked out the door?
0: Yeah, well, you know what? So many of the venues knew me, and mm. um, I would walk up, and they would look, uh, and that, uh, and they on more than probably eighty percent of them took one look at me and said, "I'm not even going to ask," and let me in. So, um, but I, but I didn't have, uh, I never had a, one of those passport things. I know some people had fake ones and stuff. I wouldn't do that. That was against my principles. Um, I didn't
1: do that either though. I did get what the control group one, which yes, I got that as well. Yeah, Okay. <laughs> which I only used once. Cause my yeah, son wanted I to go to one. Tappanyaki on his birthday and I was like, I'm just going to use this control group thing. But yeah, no, I didn't get a fake one.
0: Yeah. No, no. Well, I had the lawyer's letter and I had the medical exemption and, um, and um, I, but I very really had to show it. My, my booking agent stood up for me and said he's he's got what he needs to play there. Um, but yeah, it was you know I'll tell you what happened for me. I mean, I've never trusted Big Pharma. I've never trusted vaccines. Um, my daughter's never had a vac- vaccination ever. She's twenty one years old. She's never been vaccinated. Nothing. Mm-hmm. She was homeopathically immunized when she was a kid because she wanted to do. Um, montessori school and, and that was a way of getting it through so it, they, they were like little tablets i don't know but homopathically immunized is what she was but she was never jabbed with anything and it was all whatever she had was a natural thing so um but it's interesting because her her mother was really against the vaccine and um oh we that's one thing that really united us and um it's it's just an interesting thing. Like I, I remember, like the thing that really made me not want to do it is that we had this really expensive Taki Rarotonga holiday booked. You know, it was several thousand dollars, and my uh, 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 whatever the travel agent rang up and said, "You you can, the only way you can go is if you're vaccinated." And I literally had a violent reaction within my I would call it my emotional guidance system. I guess it was violent,
1: mm. and
0: it, and it said, I'll throw that money in the bin before I get vaccinated. And that was when I really knew I'm not going to do it. Consequent, we actually ended up going. I postponed it all and we, and we got to go in the end without being vaccinated because they dropped the vaccines. But it was touch and go with my daughter because she only left and um, she left a day, uh, the day before her 21st birthday. We had a big party for her. She left on the 19th of June. And that only just dropped it in May or something mm-hmm. eh, for America. But I'm um, I just didn't want to do it. And then I talked to my daughter and um, my daughter was like, I have to do it. All my friends have got it and nothing's wrong with them. And I, and I said, look, honestly, I have to give you freedom of choice, but you've trusted me all this time. I don't think this is good. And she said, oh, but. She, and she, she she, we had her 18th birthday party here it was like in between the two lockdowns or well, i don't know how that worked maybe it was before the first one or something That's and cute. she was about or maybe after the first one and she wanted to go to the bars for her 18th birthday and um i go i got her an exemption as well and a lawyer's letter and i said if any if, if anyone refuses this you just get them to call me i'll be down there straight away or i'll get my lawyer down there and um she, I remember her ringing me up several times. Uh, New Year's Eve was another one. She said, "Dad, this won't work." She's she's at a bar in anger or Fungamatara, it might have been, and she's ringing me up at two o'clock in the morning saying, "Dad, I love you. Yes, you, your your exemption worked, and I'm having a drink with all my friends." Mm-hmm. And so. Just wow.
1: That. I mean, kudos to you for standing your ground, but in a loving, compassionate way. Obviously, it's not like, no, you can't do it. Because as we know, once they're 12, they can do kind of what they want, which is a bit interesting exactly. in New Zealand. But um, and she, you know, she made empowered choices, but you definitely made the path easy for her. Um, And that was so great that your that her mother was on board with that. So there was she wasn't pulled in two directions.
0: Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, her, uh, yeah it was uh, I won't say too much more about that apart from it actually brought us closer together because um you know I've seen so many families split apart by this you know
1: yeah and the other thing that's so interesting is what you called the EGS the emotional guidance system you know you were you, you had this physical body reaction just this yeah. kind of knowing that like no was that's
0: violent it was violent it was <sighs> like, it was like I would rather throw myself off a cliff. Mm. and have to do that to do that you know to Mm. get vaccinated to go on that holiday I would put that money in Mm. in the toilet before Mm. I
1: yeah and I want it makes me wonder how many people maybe people won't feel that passionate or extreme about it but how many people who previously didn't really think about it or kind of you know thought, oh, well, there's nothing I can do. I feel like I'm I imagine, I hope that a lot more people will have changed their tune. I mean, for me, I'm similar. I, you know, had a lot of because I do a lot of visibility work and I used I train people on how to present in the media and how to be a great guest in interviews. Um, And I had a few people say, why don't you go on the AM show and tell everyone to get vaccinated? And word for word, I said, you couldn't pay me a million dollars for to do that. And then when they were like, we're going to, you know, they're coming to jab the kids. I said, you literally, and I love money, by the way. I was like, you literally couldn't pay me a million dollars per child. And I have three to vaccinate my, to jab my children with this experimental hoo-ha. So- Mm. i hear you i hear you i didn't have the body reaction but i certainly had the fire and the rage within yeah yeah. Mm.
0: no it was was, you know and i i don't consider myself a conspiracy theorist at all and and it amazes me how many really intelligent people you know they'll they'll research the water they drink they'll research the food they eat and, and all of that but they won't they didn't research this um you know, my favourite thing now, my favourite saying is I'm no longer a conspiracy theorist because all my conspiracies have come true. So to to actually define myself as a conspiracy theorist, I'd have to get new conspiracies. So, but I wouldn't call myself that, but I've always questioned authority. And, um, you know, my wife, Kath Vincent, who is an amazing woman, she...
1: Previous guest on the Up Your Brave show. She actually did, and it, by the way, you guys, if you haven't if you haven't listened to it, you can go and listen on our replays. Kath Vincent was talking all about how to be confident public speaking. She's an amazing speaker coach.
0: Well, well she's got two degrees. She's got a master's degree in information technology and a degree in media studies. And she was watching this whole thing roll out, you know, with Jacinda saying, oh, I won't force the vaccination and all of that, basically. She said, I won't make it mandatory and uh, all of that. And um, just... And she also said, Jacinda also said, consult your GP, which is what I did. I consulted my GP, just happened to be Frances, who's an amazing lady. She mm-hmm. she also wrote a TV. It was a big thing on t- television, too. It was called Is Modern Medicine Killing You? And it was a documentary about basically big pharma and modern medicine. And she had, she's a homopath as well as a fully qualified doctor. She does appearance medicine and things like that, too. And, um, yeah, I literally rang her up and I said, what would you do in this situation? And she said, don't do it. Do not do it. Um, she said, I, I promise you I'll be there with what you need if you get it. And she was. To her credit, she was. And um, so I did all everything that Jacinda said. But I mean, she had 99% of the doctors on board, I believe.
1: Well, uh, I don't believe that at this point. Yeah, numbers. well, that's
0: right. Okay. She thought she had a, a, a vast percentage of the doctors on board, but she didn't have all of them so you know um with that you know uh what amazes me is how many non-doctors and most of them are right? you know lots of musicians were on but, oh come on everybody go and get jabbed so we can all get out and gig again and that amazed me because the one i had one guy in my band and i'm not going to mention his name either but he he's no longer in my band because he wrote a covert policy for our for our band, and to- and then wrote me a five-page email to tell me how my exemption wasn't legal by the government standards. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, oh, sorry, mate, but uh, we- we're we're too far apart on this." But he, I don't believe he's gigged at all since the um, since the pandemic. I don't believe. I, I'm pretty sure he's not still not gigging now. Some so, would
1: call some would call that karma. He I was did one have of the a... people who
0: said, "Come on, on Facebook, come on, guys, get jabs so we could all get out and perform again."
1: Yeah. Um, Have you seen any musicians um, who have had health implications or is everyone pretty sweet?
0: Well, I've had one family member who uh, was really um, reluctant to get the jab, but he ended up getting it to go to my niece's wedding. I didn't go to my niece's wedding because she wouldn't allow unvaccinated people, regardless of my exemption or anything. I even had cleared it with the venue, but um he had um he's he's got he's having heart issues um like a a form of myocarditis i guess um um do i know other musicians i've definitely you know i i know several musicians who are not jabbed and um do i know i don't actually know uh, many other people i know um a lady who used to do PR for me, um, Ali Cook, you'd know Ali Cook, I don't know, she's another musician. Her son was a truck driver. He got jabbed, had serious issues. He had to pull over his truck. He almost crashed his truck, and he's suffering from myocarditis. Ali Cook is a famous musician. Um, She's, I think, on the River of Freedom. One of her songs is being played on there, on the movie, which is coming out next week. Um, But, I mean, there's lots of outspoken... One of the, the most frustrating things I was—I I helped uh, Jason Kerrison from Op Shop, who's one of my favorite. He's a great friend of mine, one of my favorite musicians. I put some backing vocals on a song he wrote called, I believe it's called um, "Heads We Win, Tails You Lose," mm-hmm. which is like an anti-mandate song. And um, I was going to go down to perform it on the, you know, basically on the stage at Parliament during the protest, but I couldn't get out of Auckland because I. I got a PCR test. See, so that's the other way I got through. I was getting PCR tests, which I didn't want to for every gig. Right. I was getting rat tests for every gig when right. they changed. So um I got that thing poked up my nose a couple of times, but I look I, I don't think it's it was terrible, but uh, I'd I'd rather not have to do it. But that's what I was doing. I was getting mm-hmm. a PCR test for every gig. And I was getting them mainly for free. I don't think I ever paid for one. Yeah. And and they'd write me a little certificate. And so I if I had to cross the out of Auckland, yeah, you know, I had to have a rat test to do yeah. that stage. And so I was on my way. I was literally almost all packed up in my van to go down to Wellington. I go go to get a rat it was a rat test then, I think. And um I failed the rat test. And then I wasn't feeling sick at all. And Those so
1: blinking false positives.
0: So then I had to wait. I waited a couple of weeks and got a um uh, I got a went to the Auckland hospital and got them to do me a blood test. It was free there. And they did me an antibodies test, no antibodies. I remember that. A few months after that, I did actually get COVID. And then I, and I did actually um, get um, an antibodies test and I had antibodies. I think once I had a flu and it wasn't COVID, although it came up as COVID. I mean, I went for 20 years without ever getting a flu, but there were some nasty bugs going around. I don't know what it was. But I know it wasn't all COVID because I only had, uh, I, I got sick twice and it wasn't terrible, but it was enough to, uh, you know, I missed one gig. And in fact, in my whole career of playing since I'm like professionally since I was 17, I think it's the only gig I've ever missed. I just had it. My throat was a bit messed
1: up. Maybe that's why you're the most booked because you're so reliable because your, your <laughs> health is so consistent, which yeah. is amazing. So you were mentioning that Jason Karrison has a song and you did some, I think you said backing vocals. Is yeah, I did is the that... backing
0: vocals here in my studio and that's going to be on the movie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is pretty neat because that movie's got like songs from Eric Clapton and and some big people are are performing on that.
1: Yeah. yeah. So for those of you listening, uh we the time that we're recording this is just a week before. So next week, Jesse and I are gonna be at the River of Freedom and we'll hopefully see some of you there. It's happening, as you probably know, um, in certain theaters up and down the country, um, uh, which is so exciting. Um, and hopefully some people, I mean, there's gonna be people like us that go along. I mean, speak for myself. I didn't go to Wellington um kind of a contentious issue. I didn't really feel comfortable leaving my 11-year-old. I'll just say that. Yeah. Um, and anyway, I didn't go down, uh, but it's tons of my friends did. So it's going to be like a big reunion of all the freedom fighters. It's just going to be so much fun going along. But I'm hoping also there'll be some people going to see that movie that maybe have changed their tune, you know, to use a musical Uh, terminology maybe have changed their tune over the past three years and maybe have their eyes opened and to see a little bit oh okay maybe the media did spin it a little bit the wrong way and so i'm hoping there's a ripple effect another pun there uh, from the river of freedom movie what are your thoughts about the movie what do you know about it
0: i've just seen a few little clips of it and um i really don't know there's been all sorts of documentaries come out and i've been involved in a few of them i helped Ali cook I record a song called little white crosses which she actually did perform on the steps of parliament um mm. at all the vaccine injured and i i i produced that entire song she came here with an acoustic guitar um and she sang the vocal to a click track and i built the entire song around it we did drums bass orchestra strings and i did that in, in the space of like about a week it was uh, incredibly how fast we bash that out because she used that soundtrack to perform on the steps of parliament um i there's lots of documentaries and stuff that i and i've been involved in probably about three or four of them just uh, helping record the soundtracks and the voiceovers and things i i just think it's something that people need to we need to learn from this you know it's history i remember seeing that um some woman, old lady from Austria, talking about how people think that the Nazis conquered Austria, but they didn't. They the Austria went willingly, and how they did it. Um, they basically came in. They, they 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 took control of the banks. They took control of the radio stations. There was only one radio station, basically Hitler Radio. And they gave them all radios, and, they, and it was basically against the law not to listen to the station. They went and helped all the Hitler youth. They they, they started They gave, them, they gave them motorbikes and sports equipment, and 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 they loved them. And initially, it was the most best thing in the world. And then it became got really really bad. They took over the banks, and then they couldn't do anything, and everything. You know, but it, they they went in willingly, and she was basically, this old lady was talking about it, saying, don't be fooled again. So history, we got to learn from history. That's mm-hmm. why we need these documentaries and people to start questioning. There's so many questionable things about human rights, and I mean... Mm-hmm. Man, human rights went out the window. And I couldn't believe it in a world where everyone's so PC, right? You know, you can't say this and you can't say that. You can't even determine someone's gender. But you can say you're not allowed here because you haven't taken an experimental vaccine. That, that's what amazed me the most was the hypocrisy of how we're supposed to be all accepting of everything. And then that happens, you know, you're shunned. And I mean, I, I remember going into Starbucks. I used their bathroom and I didn't show my pass. And they literally called the cops. <laughs> and, I, mean, and, it, I, I, it, I just it seems- said, I said, I need to go to the bathroom. I'm going to the bathroom and I didn't show my pass. And, you know, the cops right. didn't turn up. The cops were slack, but I just walked out and they didn't hold me or try to help me. In.
1: It seems laughable now in a way. Some, some of those stories, it's like, how could it, I can't believe it was like that. But personally and tragically, I feel like it'll it could easily revert back to that if people don't take a stand. Yep. Do you yeah. think more people will take a stand next time round if something comes down the path?
0: More and more people I'm talking to are are you know they're either in complete denial. Or they're going, yeah, this wasn't right, and and so many people at the end go, I'm not getting any more jabs. They've already had two or three, mm-hmm. and they're like, I'm not getting any more, which kind of amazed me. You know, to take two or
1: three, um, and I'm like, the only mask I'm wearing is my eye mask. You know, <laughs> like when I'm sleeping.
0: I, I I got one of those mask exemptions too, and I uh, and uh, which was very easy to get.
1: I I got mask exemptions for my kids at school because um, my kids go to three different schools and they, it was interesting because the different schools had different severity of rules around masks predominantly. And, you know, one of my kids, he went to the one that was, went pretty crazy on the masks. They were all about the masks and um, he wanted the mask exemption as well. And because he breathes through his mouth and it's like having, being a mouth breather and wearing a mask, it's just so bad. Um, So, yeah, I, I got them a mask exemption. I I mean, hopefully, people have learned that masks actually don't do anything, and they are more of a negative impact on your health. Yep. In my research, in my view.
0: Yep, I totally agree with you. Yeah, um, will people learn? I don't know. I really don't know. Um, I, I I think the world needs a massive shakeup, and um, I think I, I believe it's a lot more people have woken up. You know, like wake up, you. Uh, um, I think they have. I, I think it's you know. Um, will Will they try it again? Probably. Will Will um, Will there be more brave people? I'm hoping. Yeah.
1: I think the timing of the River of Freedom is great. You know, because I have heard that September is. They always say this though. Last year they were like Red October. Um. Anyway, I've heard that September is going to be quite pivotal in terms of. Maybe, you know, some politicians losing their jobs like internationally, you know, and of course, more weather events uh, that are quite um, suspect in my view as well. So I think it's great timing that the river of freedom is coming out just to kind of number one, unite people that are like me, uh, believers or advocates of, of freedom and truth and integrity, and also to wake up hopefully a few more people along the way. Um, Jesse, I would go
0: ahead. People are like, um, you really, you know, uh, one of the greatest sayings I've ever heard is it was actually about money and it says money makes you more of who you are. Money Mm -hmm. doesn't change you. It makes you more of who you are. And I think it makes evil people more evil and good people more good or be able to do more good. So this really, I mean, I think it showed a lot of people were scared. And and my favourite saying over that time was it was just like, Mm I'm not, I'm a spiritual person more than a religious person, but, you know, when Jesus was on the cross and he said, forgive them, Father, for they know that not what they do, that just kept resonating with me the whole time this was going on. I mean, I don't, most people I think are good. There are a select few that are evil, but um, they just, they were scared. They were, they just believed they were too trusting. Yeah.
1: Well, that is, I mean, obviously that that's a wonderful way to view things. And that has probably helped you to get through, you know, navigate this time when you look, but they know not what they do. It's very un, non-judgmental. It's sure. a very loving, very forgiving stance. So I don't know if congratulations is the right word, but I I mean, good on you. I, I kind of tend to get a little bit more aggro about things. I didn't
0: but. I didn't put up with any shit though. You know, <laughs> people fucking oh, tell me that I, I can do this and I can do that. And I say, screw that. I can do whatever I, I want, you know, and I'm not hurting anybody. And yeah. um, and that's another thing I saw someone say, you know, I, I I helped and supported everyone I could, vaccinated or unvaccinated, and I'm proud I can say that, where those people who were standing on the sidelines saying, get vaccinated or you're not allowed here, you're not welcome here, they mm-hmm. did the opposite. You know, they weren't helping people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. And, um, to come out of that with no regrets, meaning I'm, I'm, you know, no regrets on your behavior, no regrets on what you said or didn't say. I think that's a pretty amazing place to be. So, um, I'd love to ask you now, what is one thing you've done Jesse in the past year to truly up your brave?
0: That's a really good question. Um, I'm constantly sort of testing myself and, and, um, things, you know, like, uh, but, you know, I, I guess the biggest thing I've done to up my brave recently is I'm going to have to say I, I'm writing songs for a new album and um, it's amazing how many songwriters I, I say that uh, it's a scary thing to face that blank page and and to go, is this going to be any good or is this not going to be any good? And I'm writing the best songs of my life. And I've got several of my friends right now saying exactly the same thing, the musicians. Mm. There's something that's come out of this. Um, Over the lockdown, I I had some time uh, and I I recorded a a, a Tom Petty tribute album because I'm in a Tom Petty tribute band, which was just the most cathartic thing to do. And then I just, after learning 40-something Tom Petty songs, a switch went in me. And I swear, as I was making this album, Tom Petty's no longer with us. He's in the big gig in the sky. I, I swear I was connecting with him during this recording and he just was talking to me and saying, You gotta start writing your own songs again, Jesse. And I did. I faced that blank page. And and then I played those songs to my wife, Cat, and then I played them to my bandmates. And they were like, These are really good, Jesse. These are really good. This is the best Ooh,
1: can, can we live. play one after this?
0: Uh, one of the new ones. We've got a new one finished. We can I can probably, yeah, I can I can whip you up one of those. Yeah, it's unreleased if you want.
1: All right. Well, give us, give us the link after this and we'll play it um, after our interview. That is so awesome. And it's really great to get, I feel like music has so much power. And yeah. like you said, maybe the music that's coming out now when people are, people have shifted in who they are and how they show up in the world. And that's going to come through in the music and the musicians as well.
0: Yeah. So I've got to put a positive spin on all of this. Cause I think if, if we were, I, I've always said, and I, I had these conversations with several of my friends, some of them are quite famous musicians and we had this cool over lockdown. I said, "Look, I always think good is going to triumph over evil. Mm-hmm. I just, and my gut feeling says good is going to triumph over evil, and that's I don't think we'd be right. A couple of my friends have said I don't think we'd be writing these songs if the if the world's going to end really soon or something. No, it's not. We we're, we're we're coming into an age of of something that's incredibly powerful. I believe, and I think this has all happened for a reason, and I think. Um, these people need to be exposed. These people are trying to control the world. And yeah. I do ultimately think it, it might get a little worse before it gets better, but good is going to triumph over evil. I, I totally believe that.
1: I agree with you too. And, you know, on my show, I am, I mean, I am about motivation and inspiration and honesty and truth, but I also, I agree. I think, you know, we are in this breakdown before the breakthrough as such, the eye of the storm. Some people, well, I feel like September is going to get really rough. and then. After that, hopefully, um, more people will become aware. You know that may- raising in the level of consciousness, and we'll see some shifts. But it's yeah, we're still we're still going to. No change sometimes. can
0: happen. Like no transformation can happen unless you become aware of the stuff that's holding you back, and it's holding the planet back, and it's holding humanity back. And this is what it's going. to do. It's raising the awareness of that. These huge corporations controlling everything, and it's um, wow, this isn't right. And really the people have the power. I mean, Jimi Hendrix said it way, way back. They all said, you know, when when the love of people triumphs over the love of power, it's basically, or the power of love triumphs over the love of power, I think he said, which I thought was great. Mm-hmm. That's when, you know, we'll have the control back. But the people have the power, you know. These corporations don't. We can stop buying from them. We can stop doing all you know. We just, they're under this hypnosis that they do have the power, but they don't. The people do.
1: Yeah. And unity instead of division. What yeah. is something on your bucket list? Something you'd love to do, be, or experience in your lifetime that we can possibly help you with?
0: That you can help me with. You know, um, I've always wanted to win a silver scroll, which is a songwriting award. And uh <laughs> that but I have always uh, you know, I'd love to have a million plays on Spotify one day, not that means anything financially, or just be a, and a gold record. But, That's um, a good
1: goal. Where where are you on Spotify? Is it Jesse Wild on Spotify?
0: Yep, if you just okay. there are two Jesse Wilds. There's, there's a DJ guy who came out, but I'm, I'm the most popular one. Um it's spelled J E S S E W I L D E. Wild with an E. Follow me on Spotify. I'd love to have a thousand fol- followers on Spotify mm-hmm. and I'm up to 600 and something. That would be great.
1: Oh, we can double that. Come on everybody, if you're listening, please do. Go and go to Spotify, look up Jesse Wild, J E S S E Wild with an E and uh what do they do they follow or subscribe they follow you
0: you can actually follow on um you can follow someone on spotify yeah and go to my youtube channel which is just called jesse wild music um you can um subscribe to that that's always good i'm always putting out new videos and stuff on there and uh you know that's that's building up but um and i i mean i want to go to Machu Picchu one day I've been. Uh, we're going to Mexico uh, this year, which will be neat because there's all these places I've been to Egypt already. There's all these places mm-hmm. I'm drawn to. Yeah. And the only other thing I ever really wanted is a 1958 Corvette, which I almost bought this year, but it was not quite the right color. And I,
1: yeah. Um, are you going to the car show? There's some Auckland car show that my son is going to. Oh,
0: well, I've played the Hot Rod show the last three years running. There's the big QMU Hot Rod Festival. Yeah. And my band, is the the, the Jesse Wild Band has played it twice. And um, the Tom Petty Tribute Band played it once. So I, I, I get to see them every now and then. But they're a very rare car. I mean, I just always wanted to. And, and then I, the next thing, I, I might have to build a workshop to, to, to store it in. Because where we live, we've got a car stacker where we live, but We've already got two cars, so it'll be a third car. I need a place to park it.
1: <laughs> I want to ask you about your studio. So the next question is what's coming up for you in the next few months? How can people connect with you? We we already mentioned a few yeah. U- YouTubes and, and Spotify's, but if someone wants to record a song, if we have some aspiring musicians in the, in the listening audience, can you tell us about the, the recording studio and also what else is coming up for you other than your trip to Mexico in the coming months?
0: Cool. So we've got an incredible facility here I, I believe it's world-class at this recording studio um i designed it that way we've had incredible musicians um uh recording here and it's always fairly busy but it's called wild records wild with an e records recording studios and we call the complex studio 38 because it houses Kath vincent tv which is my wife's business which is a tv studio and um We've had all sorts of amazing people hiring the TV studio out too. But, I mean, I have uh, several Facebook pages, Wild Records Recording Studios and um, Jesse Wild uh, Music. That's another. So if you, But to get in contact with me, if you just Google Wild Records, it's mm-hmm. really easy to come up with. It's just jesse at jessewild.com as well. So uh, that's my email address and um, people can get a hold of me that way. Uh, we have been really busy, and I, I'm loving it. I just love working with young, talented artists. And uh, I work with everything from I just, just literally about two minutes before I was on this call. I had four rappers in here doing this incredible <laughs> vocals to beats, and I do that a bit. But I, I work with singer-songwriters, acoustic guitar players, you know, that write their own songs. I help them with all the instrumentation. I've got an incredible stable of session musicians who help record drums and bass and electric guitars. We do everything from gospel, hip-hop, to we had a heavy metal band book the studio up for the whole weekend too. Um, pretty pretty intense death heavy metal. So we've done it. We do all sorts of things here. But, yeah, it's, it was pretty easy. Just Google up Wild Records recording studios in Auckland. I think we were, we were up in the top two or three there probably on the Google search.
1: That is awesome. And how would you describe your music? You mentioned Tom Petty tribute band before. What are some words? How would you describe your style of music?
0: Well, I grew up listening to like John Mellencamp, Bob Seger, um, Steve Earle, and I met all three of those guys now. So I would call my music, the new label they call it Americana. Mm -hmm. A lot of people try to label me country. I'm not really, but there is a country flavor, which it's not terrible now because country is actually
1: the most popular. Yeah, country is cool now, isn't it?
0: Coming back, yeah. (laughs)
1: Americana, sounds like a coffee.
0: I call it south, yeah, I know. I call it sort of southern rock, you know, but it's just good singer-songwriter rock. Um, uh, And there's definitely a little bit of... uh, my favorite, one of my favorite songwriters, Steve Earle is kind of country, but he, he was too rock for country and too country for rock. So I'm kind of in the middle there.
1: Somewhere. I love uh, Southern rock. I like the sound of that. All right. Amazing, Jesse. Hey, before we wrap it up and before we go to your song, is there anything else you want to share with our audience today?
0: Um, I think what you're doing, Natalie, is awesome. I think everyone at Reality Check Radio, I think it's great that the media's out there and talking about this sort of stuff because... We don't want to sweep it under the rug. We want to talk about it. We want to learn from history. So I just want to thank you for Mm. what you're doing. I think it's amazing. And I want to thank everybody out there for, uh, you know, listening and and just supporting, you know. I'm all about freedom. My whole life, money has never driven me. What drives me is freedom. And what they were doing to us was the opposite of freedom, and it really got my, you know, back up. So anyone out there that supports freedom, freedom of speech, freedom of, um, you know, just to to, to follow your dreams. I, I live, I'm all about all people creatively living their dreams. That's the mission statement that I have for my recording studio. Mm-hmm. I am the possibility of all people creatively living their dreams. And um, freedom is what you need to do that.
1: Yes, you do. Thank you so much, Jesse, for joining us today. Thank you. Thanks for listening, everyone. You're listening to Up
0: Your Brave on RCR, Reality Check Radio.